Welcome to today's Look It Up Sheffield. It's recorded in the great outdoors. And what better way to start a podcast with an amazing wild swim. So off we go. Three, two, one, Nicola Allen, and Woo! in we go. destination place for me so I come here for joy this is my leisure spot so when I was on maternity leave for example I'd walk through the south of Sheffield through these meadows through Manorfields Park to this destination here um, and have a cup of tea it wasn't about the cup of tea it was about the walk it was about the landscape it was about the meadows um, and that's because it's joyful it's calming it's you know it's all of these things you know and everybody deserves access to that this is the podcast that celebrates all that is good about uh, our great city of Sheffield, looking up Sheffield. And we've just heard from Natalie from South Yorkshire Housing Association about why the manor, previously dubbed the most notorious housing estate in Britain, is her joyful place. And do you know what? I think I agree. And I think Nicola Allen, who's with me, agrees as well. Isn't that right, Nicola? I absolutely do, yeah. I've had many a nice photo amongst those wildflowers up at Manor Lodge and... Uh, a nice brew in the rhubarb shed. Yep, it's pretty good up there. It's fantastic. Now, true to form, if we deliver a podcast about green and open spaces, then we're going to film it in a, and record it in a green and open space. The weather hasn't exactly played well for us today, but that just makes it even more Sheffield. So we stood at one of the most picturesque places in Sheffield. We're at the Riverland Valley. We can't tell you exactly where because it's home to a, a, a very, very good wild swimming spot. And we're just getting absolutely soaked here but you know that's what podcasting is all about we might as well be wild swimming with how wet we're getting exactly well i think we might just go for a dip just to dry off in a minute so uh, so this is a podcast that uh, talks all about how the city of sheffield is transforming some of its uh, uh, spaces into green floral delights now sheffield's got a impression um probably started wrongly by George Orwell back in the 1940s as being an industrial sludge fest but uh, I can tell you where we stood now and the, um, the places that we're featuring in this week's podcast are far from that. Um, so um, we're going to be taking you on a bit of a whistle-stop tour from the Rivlin Valley to the city centre and to Charter Square where a former notorious underpass has been transformed into one of the greenest corridors we have. And we're also going to be taking you up to Manor Lodge, as previously said, um, where a former housing estate is now awash with flowers. And I think this is a podcast recorded at the very end of lockdown where we are celebrating that kind of link that we have with nature and the fact that we've been able to get back out and embrace the great outdoors. So who better to embrace the great outdoors with than Nicola Allen? Um, tell me about uh, some of your uh, favourite spaces in Sheffield. Well just in general or are we going straight in for the top 10? Oh, should we leave them hanging for a little bit longer? You've maybe got one or two places that you might yeah, want to mention. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously there's all the amazing, we, we've got over 800 open green spaces in Sheffield. So wherever you are, there's somewhere you can walk to. You don't need to take the car, you know, you can just get out there, get some fresh air and everybody's got something near them. Um, I'm in Handsworth, so near me we've got the Handsworth Rec, which is a great big open space. 
We've got Shirebrook Valley, which I'll touch on a bit later, the Nature Reserve, which has recently been well looked after, let's say, by the uh, the Park Service and local volunteers, and it's looking great up there. Um, we always like to chuck in a Rotherham one, and, and I'm going to do it just because it's on the Ooh, border. It's, it's dangerous on the, territory. It's on the border. Um, and that's Treat and Dyke, which again is walking distance from me, and it's absolutely beautiful there. You can It's like less than two miles all the way around the water, and the herons on there, and all the, you know, there's so much wildlife, and you can take the bikes, you can walk. Um, it, yeah, it's a beautiful spot. And there's also, again, it's Sheffield Rotherham, it's next to the AMRC the new Waverley development where the Waverley Lakes are and there's just loads of routes there now um, that you can again bike, running, walking, dog taking the dog out and actually the Waverley links up to Treat and Dag so you can do like a double whammy um, with those. So in terms of locally, because that's where I've been focusing lately with us being in this situation we're in, um, they're my, they're my favourites I think. So, how have you been doing anyway, Nick? How are you? Uh, how are you doing this month? Uh, I had a blip last week, actually. It was definitely a wobble. I think it got to this. Just, I don't know. I've been pretty steady throughout lockdown, but last week I definitely had a wobble. Uh, but I'm, I'm all right now. I'm back on an even keel this week, and uh, yeah, just ready to take on the rest of the month and before the kids go back, and, and hopefully get a few more nice days out in and stuff. And what better way to do that than to uh, go into our top 10 of fantastic open spaces in Sheffield um, using the uh, technology that we have in front of us, um, which is basically a WhatsApp message board. <laughs> Here is our top 10 of green spaces in Sheffield. Go! So in at number 10, I've just clicked on it briefly, it is Shirebrook Valley Nature Reserve. Uh, it's in Woodhouse and a nice little car park there. You can go for there's like loads of different routes. You can go for a walk round. There's loads of beautiful flowers, and you can get in the water and have a paddle. Um, yeah, it's wicked. Check it out because it's a bit of a hidden treasure, hidden gem um, that probably only the locals know about. But you should definitely give it a try. In at nine, it's Castlegate slash Ladies Bridge. Now, Ladies Bridge, of course, is celebrated by Richard Hawley on one of his album titles. Castlegate, however, is the newest green space on the block. So it's about to be unveiled, I think, in the middle of uh, September. Uh, a great new arterial running and walking route alongside the River Don. And I can tell you I've had some uh, sneak peeks of that with uh, Mr Castlegate, Simon Ogden, and it really is one not to be missed. In at eight, it is Fitzalan Square, Nicola. Oh, Fitzalan Square, yeah, so it's just been newly developed. I don't know if anyone's popped into the city centre recently, but from what was a concrete mess where, let's face it, a lot of um, drinkers and whatever used to congregate. Fitzalan Fight Club. That's it, Fitzalan Fight Club. It's featured in the previous podcast, I think that. <laughs> it has. Um, and now it's a, just a beautiful green space, statues um, obviously being reserved and kept uh, in, the, in its glory. Beautiful plants and pedestrianised on one side with the addition of some nice little coffee shops and other bits of bobs open up there so you can grab a coffee, go and chill out on the green space and just relax. 
At number seven, it's Collar Monument. Now, this is a place where we've done many a boot camp in the past. Oh, yeah. oh those boot camps. But it also offers a, a fantastic panorama of Sheffield City Centre. And it's so close to the city centre, you can get be out um, by the Collar Monument in probably no more than 10 minutes overlooking the station. Oh, it's a fantastic spot for all sorts. You know, once you've braced that climb and get up there and look back on what, where you've just come from, it puts uh, Sheffield in all of its true glory. And at number six, it's Victoria Keys. Canal Basin, again, another one of our sweet spots for uh, a runch or lunchtime run, as we, uh, as we know them. And, uh, yeah, it's more of a blue space than a green space, this one, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, but, maybe we'll stretch the territory. It's definitely open and it's definitely fresh air. And if you're in the city centre, working hard, you want to get out for a bit of a leg stretch and you know, get some fresh air in your lungs, then it's a great place to go. Uh, or if you just want to head down to Dorothy Pax or something like that and chill out there, even better. And Dorothy Pax, I think we should mention them, they're doing a great job in social distancing, drinking, and there's a new bar that's setting up as well, a restaurant with uh, Bally from Castlegate. So we'll talk about that in our next podcast, but that's uh, coming up in September and I haven't recorded it yet. At five, it's Manor Lodge. Now, I'll be taking you on a tour to Manor Lodge later on today in this podcast, but uh, for now, let me just say that this is the former playground of Mary, Queen of Scots. Then it was later transformed with the vision and artistic impurity of Sheffield into the worst council estate in Britain, as the Daily Mail liked to call it back in the day. But let me tell you, the manor is not the worst council estate in Britain now. It's a beautiful um, pictorial meadow full of amazing flowers and you've got a view overlooking the city, looking northwest and uh, we're going to be hearing a bit more about the, uh, the team that are responsible for transforming that into a green corridor later on. The Discovery Centre there do amazing days out for the kids as well in the holidays. Fantastic great place. Halloween sessions and all that kind of stuff. It's definitely worth, uh, worth a visit. And at four, Nicola Allen, it's... It's the General Cemetery. We love talking about cemeteries. We do. Um, we, again, another one of our nice little running spots. It's a bit of a recurring theme, this, because when we work in the city centre, so we like to get out. And you don't have to go far, as Laurie mentioned, with the Collar uh, Monument, to stumble upon some green space that's really beautiful. And they all link up together as well, so you can kind of do a bit of a loop of them all, but General Cemetery is one of them. and. It's another um, Heritage Rotary funded project as well that's undergoing an amazing restoration and transformation project at the moment. So maybe that's another one we can do further down the line, Loz. Yeah, but definitely. for now, it's definitely worth a stroll through or a picnic. And number three, now, if you really want to get up close to nature, Matilda Street, Pocket Park, this was formerly a belching industrial corridor that's been opened up, it's been deculverted, which is the phrase to impress all of your nerdy techie mates at a dinner party, when we're allowed to have dinner parties again that is. <laughs> Matilda Street is now haven to trout and salmon. You can see eagles taking down pigeons if that's what you want to do, if you've had a really bad meeting at work. Then get yourself down there and see the wild fishermen and the amazing wildlife down at Matilda Street. A fantastic transformation there and happy to and proud to have been involved in that. And at number two, Nicola, it's the South Street Amphitheatre. Yeah, man. It's, um, although it's an amphitheatre, I don't think I've ever seen any theatre there. Before. No, me neither. I've seen lots of other things there. 
Um, <laughs> well, some of it's been like theatre, hasn't it? I can imagine. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I actually watched the Tony Folds um, flyover from there. Oh, it was an amazing viewpoint of the city. You can get some fantastic shots there. Um, lovely to sit out on the steps and have your lunch. And I think we also put on some cinema shows, outdoor cinema shows there as well. And that's true. Of course, the uh, South, what do we call it? The South Street Festival. That's yeah, that there. takes place there, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's another one. They all link up together. Um, you can stumble upon them just up on Park Hill, so you can maybe take in uh, the nice little cafe down there that we like to oh, uh, South Street cafe. frequent and then have Beautiful. a walk up to the amphitheatre. And in at number one, and it's probably only right because he's a big lad from Wales and he's on this podcast and he knows where I live, it's Greater Green and Charter Square. So we'll be talking to uh, Mr Zach Tudor, Principal Landscape Architect for Sheffield City Council later on in this podcast. But Greater Green, another one to impress your um, uh, academic friends, is home to Sheffield's largest sustainable urban drainage network. Now, that's hear suds. me out. That's suds to us in suds. The... <laughs> Now, don't run away in horror about the niche turn that this podcast has taken. Um, Greater Green is a beautiful spot, just by the law court, perhaps not the most kind of uh, uh, celebrated part of the city, but it looks beautiful throughout the year, and uh, Zach will be letting us in on some of the little secrets that he's got about uh, why Greater Green is so special. Um, also, accompanying that, you've also got Charter Square, which is formerly a really, really terrible roundabout. I mean, you think about the very worst Milton Keynes atrocity, times it by ten and you've probably got Charter Square. There was five or six entrances, five ways in, only one way out in some cases. Um, it wasn't a nice place to be, but let me tell you now, it is an absolute delight to sit there and contemplate the work that's taking place in Heart of the City too. So, this is a podcast that's all about transformation, it's all about renewal, and it's all about rebirth. And of course, we're recording it in the rejuvenating rain, which has fallen like an absolute sod over this outdoor <laughs> podcast. But um, Let's hope the phone survived, eh? <laughs> um, the phone is looking particularly wet. <laughs> but, you know, that's a great thing about this podcast. And uh, without further ado, let's hear some nifty bass music from Al Dalton and the Recurrence. The <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear some amazing tunes that's got a good beat by Al Dalton and the recruits. <laughs> Let's try that again. Let's try not and sound Alan Partridge on this one. Here's the recruits. leaving the rain-lashed Rivlin Valley behind us and we're off to Charter Square to meet Zach Tudor, Principal Design Architect for Sheffield City Council. First thing we asked him was about what had happened to this former underpass and why it was now a green oasis for everybody to enjoy. So we're set in amongst what was I suppose a massive dual carriageway from the inherited from the 1960s um, it was sort of pretty much a dual carriageway roundabout, sunken, sunken green space, pretty unloved, pretty avoided by most people. And now today we've sort of tried to sort of do a lot of regeneration, lots of new buildings in the spaces to try to sort of bring new employment and, and sort of, in, well, productivity and, and benefits from that perspective, but also a green space that actually benefits people and the environment in equal measure, really. 
I suppose the biggest transformation has been in the uses of spaces and just sort of understanding, yes, a space can look beautiful, but also, you know, now, today, we need to be thinking beyond just beauty. It needs to be functional as well. So we need to look at, you know, what can it be doing for us and the environment from a number of benefits, whether it's contaminants, whether it's atmospheric pollution, whether it's dealing with flood, you know, uh, holding back water to sort of slow it down from, from entering rivers too quickly, thus helping the flooding um, problems that we've had in the past. Um, from our perspective, just being part of this sort of natural environment and the seasonality of change is something that's really, I think, really important to us um, in a quite a deep down mental way, really. Just trying to understand that sort of contact with nature is something that's really, really important from our health and well-being perspective. And getting people just moving through these spaces a bit more as well. You know, a lot of the anecdotal evidence we've found from a number of our spaces we've done in the city centre has been that actually it attracts people to want to walk more within these spaces. They may get off the bus sooner and um, to walk to work. Um, obviously, this is all pre-COVID stuff, but, you know, it's, it's, it's what we've found that, you know, after we've done these schemes, people are wanting to be part and parcel of that landscape a bit more. So it's helping in that preventative benefit of making people walk a little bit further as well. So you get all these win-wins, really, with all this stuff. Well, I think, you know, pre-COVID, it was all, you know, we were thinking, what are we going to do with our high streets and the city centre spaces anyway? Because, you know, the decline of retail to not even just to out-of-town shopping these days, but just onto, onto online shopping has been you know a massive dramatic effect to the city and it's been quite a negative element of footfall generating it's really started to slump away so and that, that's not just Sheffield that's every town in, in every city in, in the country pretty much so you know we were looking to, to sort of trying to think about what incentives can we bring to the city centre to make them more attractive to people to want to be and want to come to the city centre why would somebody want to come to the city centre to play to work to enjoy the spaces and I think part and parcel of this is actually providing these new incentives like play, like the, the planted parkland environments, arboretums, all that sort of stuff that you'd get from visiting a local park space, you could have in a city centre park space. And, you know, I think it's just building on that really and just trying to sort of get all those benefits together to create a critical mass. Yes, to create those incentives to visit, but also now to build re rebuild confidence and you know to draw people back into the city because you know as you stand around today it's pretty quiet in the city at the moment and um, I think just building that confidence to get people back into these spaces is, is another sort of aspect to, to what we're trying to achieve now. Now there's been visitors that have come over from Korea, Brazil, Oxford even so um, uh, what, what do you think it is that, uh, that you're doing right in Sheffield? I think well, I don't know really, it's, um, it's just, it just seems to me just to be the practical solution to how we should be sort of looking at our landscapes. I mentioned before about the fact that you know, we're not looking just to making a space look attractive any longer, it's about multifunctional, multi-beneficial ways of doing this stuff. And we've done it on a really big scale, I think that's where people have really sort of stood up and took note of what we're trying to do. Um, pretty much, you know, it's not just the spaces what we see here, Charter Square, it's not the established spaces so much of Devonshire Green um, and Peace Gardens. It's more about the stuff that we're looking at in terms of the Greater Green projects down by the Law Courts and West Bar, and really just you know trying to see 
and perceive a street and a space in a different light now and you know can you do something a bit different to how we've sort of done things in the past and that's what I think is really starting to rally around and get people excited about what you know what their spaces and streets can become really I think planting has really captured people's well, imagination yes it's beautiful and everything else but if you can build into it that story of functionality as well it's just a win-win for you know for, for the environment and for us so yeah and with that we left Zach to contemplate the beautiful oasis he's created out of a former underpass in Charter Square um, it really is beautiful if you get a chance to check out what's happened uh, just behind the new HSBC building well worth having a look but we are off to the south of the city and to the manor formerly a rather hated council estate but now a beautiful oasis of greenery we were speaking to sue france from green estates and to natalie from south yorkshire housing association we started off by talking about how green estates had set up and the work that they were undertaking to transform this formerly rather unloved part of the city I think there was a coming together actually. So Green Estate set up first, um, uh, in parallel actually with Pictorial Meadows. Green Estate was a a uh, regeneration project um, in 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 S2 in in the Manor area, which had been branded the worst estate in Britain. Um, and when we looked around and we were trying to actually find ways of actually revitalising, what was it, 600 hectares of, of open space, all completely derelict, all completely run down. Um, I think just wanted to fill it with flowers. Uh, uh, that was a really, really kind of like important thing. And at the same time, University of Sheffield, Professor Nigel Donnett had been working on a whole new approach around designed meadows, about designed ecology, you know, taking the, the, the kind of the, the idea of wildflower meadows, but making them really, really appropriate for urban areas. And we sort of came together. And, you know, it's been 20 years of that story ever since. Now, just setting the scene, we're, we're looking kind of um, northwest over the city at the moment. We've got Hyde Park flats in the foreground, but uh, um, the great city of Sheffield uh, behind us. And uh, um, this, uh, this episode is all about um, how, you know, during lockdown, I think, you know, it's fair to say we're kind of at the, uh, the tail end of lockdown still. People have been communing with nature in a, in a much more kind of joined up way. What do you think that means for, for Green Estate and, and how, how do you think people are reacting differently to, to the great outdoors? I think there's just people everywhere and there's people desperate to be outside without a doubt you know the peak district is is heaving with people our parks are are, are overflowing um it, it has really brought back to people how how critically important for the health for the physical health for the mental health um green spaces are but green spaces which are are, are textured and rich and buzzing with life basically so i think everything we've We've, we've known about and we've seen in probably some of the most challenging areas, um, uh, you know, and, and have seen changing lives, you know, is now, is now much, much more at the forefront of where we, we think we should be going. Whether it's going to be picked up politically, really, um, is another matter. But in terms, I think, of proving the worth, um, it's, it's been both a scary and an amazingly sort of revelationary time. Um, now we're standing just to the right of us there's um, a South Yorkshire Housing Association uh, uh, block I guess it's, uh, it's uh, still known as the, or classed as the manor isn't it this one tell me about how you've worked with uh, SYHA on this particular scheme so the history of us working with SYHA is probably the history of 
partnerships in Sheffield and relationships in Sheffield. You know, there's a, there's a whole number of us that be involved in regeneration and the placemaking agenda that have that have woven, um, you know, our jobs and our and our life with each other probably for, for 20, 25 years. Um, so I worked with Miranda Plowden about maybe 18 years ago on area-based regeneration. I've worked with Natalie actually on housing, housing regeneration and placemaking. Um, and, it's, and it's these relationships. So when South Yorkshire Housing decided to build houses, chose to build houses actually in, in the Manor area, um, right next to our site as well, um, people like Miranda were really aware of the, the work on the meadows, had, had already been involved with it, and I think just wanted to have a very, very different approach for their landscape and their people. So yeah, not surprisingly, we came together on this project. Now, how do you think um, that relationship between housing and green spaces has changed in the in the time since you started Green Estate, um, you know, 20 years ago? I think to start with, um, the approach to housing green space and the approach to what we might call leisure and amenity green space parks were really, really different. You know, housing green space was probably about as boring and awful as it possibly could be. It was it was um, it was mown grass at the best, um, maybe maybe the odd dead rose. Um, and, and parks perhaps actually weren't always that much better, but parks were definitely where the beauty was supposed to be and where people actually mostly lived. Um, particularly, I have to say, in a large amount of areas of Sheffield where probably people with perhaps, you know, less resource to, to the natural world, you know, lived in, in the very worst environments. Probably the people that most needed to be in quality green space were most cut off from, from those places that where it did exist. So, for instance, in parks where there might still have been a residue of horticultural skill and, and, and floral interest and that type of thing was often completely inaccessible. So what we're starting to see now, I mean, especially with this, you know, what South Yorkshire Housing Association is actually doing now is a really innovative, really cutting edge approach to, to planting design, you know, taken from this, which potentially could really transform how housing looks in the future. And uh, we've spoken to Zach um, Tudor mm. as well at Sheffield City Council. He's told us about how people have been coming over from Brazil, South Korea, um, to see the kind of planting that's happened in mm. Sheffield City Centre. Do you think Sheffield, perhaps known traditionally as an industrial city, a, a, you know, a grey, steel-orientated city, is it time to reevaluate it now and, uh, and and look at it as a, as a, a really thriving, green kind of um, future place? so odd isn't it you know we've got the steel city but it's actually the city of flowers um, and if you talk to anybody in the trade in the know in the landscape uh, world they see Sheffield as the absolute center of the universe really on this so the, the concepts that have been developed here um, through through obviously Zach the team at the city center um, people like Simon Ogden but also the Uni University of Sheffield and the work we've done has an absolute international draw um, unfortunately it's it in a sense it hasn't cascaded out into you say the kind of consciousness about what Sheffield's about but um, yeah I, I think now it's it's a real source of potential of identity and and of future tourism as well um, where does um, uh, green estate go from here what's uh, what's your ambition for the next uh, the next generation yeah well I think we're being really ambitious we'd like to essentially sort of transform or, or, or maybe it's just the next step this landscape that we've been building up here um, and, and that includes things like the adjoining Manorfields Park it enjoy you know it also in, involves all the work that people like Zach and Simon have done in the city centre and we'd like to create in Sheffield basically a, a, what, what might be a national centre a, a future nature centre something that um, essentially people could could enjoy physically 
but can also actually access um, digitally and what have you the kinds of future approaches that we want to 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 roll out um, you know from here elsewhere so that people can pick up the ideas the demonstrations the the technologies all this kind of thing and hopefully inspire them and, and give them the confidence to do this anywhere in the world now you, you spoke earlier about how uh, the manor was uh, was dubbed the worst council estate in uh, in Britain how does it make you feel coming into the manor every day to work well I've been doing it for uh, in fact I keep wanting to retire um, but it keeps, just keeps drawing me back I I find the landscape um, as it, it's just lovely. It's as simple as that. You know, it's a, it's a lovely environment to be in. It's lovely to actually walk in something that you can see transformed, and probably, in many cases, it evokes you know what it used to be, which was 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 a, an incredibly healthy um, uh, park for you know where people would choose to actually have a holiday if you're going to go back to the 15th century. So let's hope that's going to be something that we're going to have back in the future. Indeed they do. People do deserve access to this beautiful green space and it's closer in many cases than you think. I'd like to say thank you to our guests this week, to uh, Natalie from South Yorkshire Housing Association, to Sue from Green Estate and to Zach Tudor from Sheffield City Council. Um, also to the lovely Nicola Allen who joined me in Rivlin Valley and hopefully she's dried off by now and to Kieran Flanagan who wisely stayed indoors editing this podcast. Um, six episodes in we're now on Facebook we're on Twitter as up underscore Sheffield and we're on Instagram as looking up Sheffield before I go I'd like to do a shout out to some of the other podcasts that have influenced us especially the Naked podcast a very different podcast and uh, a great addition to the fabric of our city and to uh, Owls Talk and Sheffield Hopcast amongst others so until we see you again. Let's look up Sheffield.